Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Praise the living God. This morning, the title of the message that the Lord God had given me is entitled, But Only Speak a Word. But Only Speak a Word. We're going to be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 5 through 13. Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 5. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the word of the Lord says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, My servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. But only speak a word. And one last time for those in the back row. But only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, and having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven but the sons of the kingdom this is a scary one but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and then Jesus said to the centurion go your way and as you have believed so let it be done for you And his servant was healed that same hour. You may take your seats this morning, brethren, saints of the Most High God. I say this a lot in this church, but today I really mean it. Buckle your seatbelts because we are about to go in. Hallelujah. This is going to be a ride for some of y'all. Hallelujah. Praise God. Today's message, I want you to listen closely. 
Today's message is going to be a mountain moving, tree uprooting, devil reproving, demon removing, Holy Spirit approving, drama llama ding dong losing, and life improving word. Nothing shall be impossible for you according to Matthew 17 20. Matthew 19 26 with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible praise the Lord how many believe the word of the Lord the Bible records 33 miracles that Jesus had performed during his ministry. During three years of ministry on earth, he completed 33 miracles that were recorded. I mean, there were many more, countless more, but 33 miracles were recorded. Jesus lived to be uh, 33 years old. Most, if not all, of these miracles happened according to the word of of the Lord what does that mean pastor that means that Jesus spoke a word and everything happened exactly to the letter of the word amen there was no deviations there was no interruptions there was no modifications there were no misunderstandings everything happened exactly as it was supposed to happen according to thy word I'm going to say this. Many have heard it, but for those that haven't heard it, you're going to hear it today. How do we know that our Bible is the authoritative, infallible Word of God? What authenticates Scripture? Let me tell you what that answer is. It's prophecy. Prophecy authenticates Scripture. All these other religious books, they try to make claims of prophetic uh, of fulfillments. But the only book that has tested the, the test of time, thousands of years old, men that wrote the prophecy, and years later it came to pass exactly as has been written, 100% correct and accurate. And let me just give you an example. When the prophet wrote that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, for those that try to think that Jesus crafted this, he was just a smart guy, and he crafted. You can't craft where you're going to be born, amen? You can't craft a star in the sky. You can't craft certain things. Certain things were outside of the control of man. But God ordained, established his word, and it came to pass exactly as he said just speak a word God's word is absolutely powerful absolutely marvelous absolutely wonderful and his word is a creative force you're not hearing what I'm saying hallelujah that should make some of you want to jump out of your seat and run around this room God's word is a creative force for those who have heard the word of the Lord. That is something to get excited about because that means the word that God has spoken in my life is going to come to pass and there ain't no devil, there ain't no demon, there ain't no uh, a swami, there ain't nobody that's going to change it. Aunt Cleo can't touch it. Oprah Winfrey can't buy it. The Lord of Lords, the God who is on his throne gave me a word and that settles it it is going to be done not later in my own viewing in the land of the living I will see it come to pass that's why you should get excited 
But some of you, God speaks and you're like, and you don't even move. It's a wonder to me. I'm perplexed. Just speak a word. Psalm 33, 6. Brother AJ read it earlier. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. That means every planet said, Sir, yes, sir. Boom. And you want me to stand here? Okay, this is where I go. I'll orbit right here forever until you tell me to stop. Oh, go the other way? Okay. Yo, by the word of the Lord, the planets, the stars, the galaxy, the Milky Way, the Hubble telescope is taking pictures of the word of the Lord that has come into being. And they're baffling the scientists. God has already done it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Psalm 33, 9. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Jesus got out of the boat and said, peace, be still, and the waves calm down, and the winds settle down. What is more powerful than God? Nothing. Even the winds and the waves obey him. His own disciples, they said, what manner of man is this? That the whole heavens, the earth, the waves, the sea obeys his word. Isn't it funny how the wind and the waves and the animals obey his word? But the creature that was made in his own image refuses to obey the word of the Lord. And God has shown mercy over and over and over and over again. And they refuse to obey the word of the Lord. The centurion soldier, listen, he was a heathen, but he understood authority. He understood that this guy is a holy man. I don't get it all. I don't understand it all. I didn't go to cemetery school. Oh, seminary. I didn't go to seminary school. I'm not a theologian, but I know that I know. I know what it is that it is. I, I see it. With my own eyes, I can't deny the holiness of this man. No one can tell the blind to see and their eyes are open. Let me tell you something. Jesus can speak a word and your eye will grow back. Where's my sister? Where's my sister? Your eye will grow back. If the Lord says it, it's going to happen. I heard a testimony of an of a arm, Azusa Street outpouring that there was a guy that had lost his arm in World War I or two or whatever, and they prayed over him. And for 15 minutes, his arm grew back and fingers and everything. And everybody watched it. Do you know why we don't see things like that today? Because people have lost their ability to believe in the Holy Word of God. And that's why our brethren are dying with cancers and leukemias and lymphomas because we refuse to stand on the word of God. But there are some cancers in this house that have been removed. There are some in this house that are walking miracles. There are some people in this house, devil, you can't have a breast. 
devil, you can't have my sister. Devil, you can't have my brother. He belongs to the Lord. He's sanctified, set apart, and holy. When are we going to start believing the word? Did I not give you a warning to put your seatbelts on? It's going to be that kind of day. I promise you. I gave you fair warning. Do you know the centurion by saying, only speak a word. This is a heathen. A heathen, a Roman soldier. I want you to get this. He had more faith than Jesus' cousins, Mary and Martha. He had more faith than the brethren. That's why Jesus marveled. You know why? Because Mary and Martha in John eleven twenty one, 21, Lord, if you would have been here, Lazarus would not have died. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me today, man. I don't. Who am I talking to? Pastor, am I talking to you? Am I talking to you, Pastor? Praise God. Some of you need doctor visits. Pastor, you got to come to my house and anoint my kids a pillow with oil. My kid is acting up. My wife is, is acting stank with me. I'm getting Ebonics on you. Just stay with me. It's Ebonics to get at everybody. Amen. My kids are acting up. They're wilding out. Pastor, can you come and pray for me? Can you come to my house? Can you imagine how? And Jesus, I got to go to your house. Let's go. I'll heal your servant. Let's do this. Right? You know how many times Jesus had to go to somebody's house? But this guy said, no, you don't come to my house. My house is wicked. My house is dirty. My house is defiled. There are Roman gods and statues in there. But I know that even still, all you got to do is say the word. And it's going to pierce through all those statues in my house. You if you speak it, it'll pass. It'll happen. If you speak it, it'll happen. It'll happen. All I need is the word. All I need is to, if my ear hears it, so let it be written. So let it be done. God is always speaking. God speaks in many ways. Are we hearing him, church? Are we listening for him? John 10, 3 through 4. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. That means relationship. He knows you and you know him. He doesn't say, hey, sheep. Come over here. He says, Pastor Francis, come. Pastor Shadrach, come. Sister Nicole, come. And like little obedience, she went. And some of y'all, he got to break your legs and say, boom, put them over your shoulder and nurse you back to health. Because we're so stubborn. But that's a message for another day. And he leads them out and he brings out his own sheep and he goes before them and the sheep follow him. But why do they follow him? Listen, because they know 
his voice. You can't follow God if you can't hear his voice. If you don't hear his voice, it's because you don't recognize his voice. If you don't recognize his voice, it's because you're not in his word and you can't interpret the word of the Lord. And that's why you're lost sheep. That's why you're following other sheep that are next in line for the butcher to chop off their head and turn them into lamb chops. And then you even start pushing. Come on, it's my turn. My turn next. Come on, let me get there next. You're waiting to be butchered. Because you can't hear the voice of the shepherd that is saying, danger, danger, danger. Follow me. I got this. Follow me. The wolf won't eat you today, baby. Now while you're around me, saith the Lord. Do you hear his voice? Do you know the voice of the Lord? The voice of the shepherd, the voice of the master. Do you recognize when he calls you, where he leads you? Do, do you believe in his plan? Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're listening. Praise God. Listen, God's voice is thunder and lightning and earthquakes. God is not the Easter Bunny. God is not Ronald McDonald. God is not Santa Claus. When God speaks, the whole earth trembles and shakes at the sound of his voice. And when he speaks, there is fear in the land. Listen. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Exodus 20, 18. This is when Moses was talking to God and the whole course of his life was changed. Let me go back a minute. Hallelujah. Let me stay there. I want you to look at this picture. Exodus 20, 18 through 21. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings and lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. You could see it in the image. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And I want you to listen to what the people of God said. They said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. And then Moses answered. He said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. Hallelujah. Yes. Get it out. Hallelujah. Praise God. The fear of the Lord is a good thing, people of God. It's going to keep you from sinning. The fear of God is going to keep you on the steady path, on the straight and narrow. It's going to keep your feet from stumbling and, and from being like the world. It will give you godly wisdom and understanding, treasures forevermore. 
I got to say this because the Spirit is prompting me. God, help me today. Please, please, oh God, help me today. There's nothing more filthy and disgusting than someone who claims to be a Christian and acts like the world. It's an abomination in the sight of God. You have been called out from the world. You have been called to be set apart, not to be like the world, not to act like the world, not to do worldly things, not to drink worldly stuff, not to smoke worldly stuff. There are Christians getting high, getting drunk, partying, and living like the world, but professing to be followers of Christ. You are shaming the name of Christ. God is not playing anymore. I'm telling you, church, he's not playing. You know, the, the government, they're, they're, they're putting 87,000 IRS agents. Who do you think they're coming for? The people of God. They're coming after you. They're going to try to put fines on you. and all. They're going to try to imprison you. If you don't walk their step, you don't walk according to their laws and their stuff, they're going to come after you. They may come after your pastor to try to shut this big old mouth of mine. And here we are, worried about it. We want to look like the world. We want to dress like the world. We want to act like the world so we could get respect. Put some respect on my name. It ain't about you. Put some respect on the name of Jesus. I don't care about everybody else. You want to build your kingdom? Go build it. Get out. Leave. Go build your, your empire. Who cares? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole earth and loses his soul? God, I just got to get home. Bring me home, Lord. I just want to make it. I want to be next to men of God that push me. If they see me get slack in my ways, they kick my behind. Boom. Let the righteous strike me. Let him rebuke me. Let not my heart refuse it. It shall be as a fragrant oil poured upon my head. For my struggle is not with my brother. It is with the enemy. Rebuke, reproof, and exhort. Twice the correction. I submit, oh God. When God speaks, all nature takes a back seat. Life's change. Healings happen. You know, manifestations in the spirit happen. Demons go. The dead are raised. Nature takes the back seat. The supernatural happens. Let me give you some examples. When Jesus spoke a word, everything that he said happened. Remember the story. Jesus told Peter, come. And Jesus got, uh, Peter got off the boat and walked on water. Jesus prayed to the Father. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walked out alive after being dead for four days. Walked out of his tomb. Jesus said, go. And 2,000 demons went into a herd of pigs and they committed suicide. Just goes to show the stupidity of our enemy. Jesus said, Talita kumi which means little girl arise and a little 12 year old girl though she were dead rose up and was brought back to her father and he said give her something to eat give her the big piece of chicken 
Jesus said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And the blind man came back seeing. Jesus said, bring them here to me. And five loaves of bread and two fish fed 5,000 people. And there were 12 baskets of scraps. Jesus said, oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. And the Canaanite woman's daughter was instantly healed. And let me tell you, she could have been offended. Oh, you're here because you want the scraps that fall off from your dog's table. You want the scraps that fall off your master's table. Only dogs eat from the master's table. Some of us were here that would go, Psh. who's he think he's talking to? Talking to me like that. He better recognize. And you missed the miracle. And you'll be at the funeral bearing your kid. But this woman say, even the dogs need to eat. I'll take whatever. I'll take whatever crumb you throw at me. Because that crumb is able to save my daughter's life. We got to stop being a, a somebody. Always trying to build ourselves up. Just listen to the word. Jesus told his disciples, go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat on it. Loose it and bring it here. They went to the village and did exactly as he said, and they found everything exactly as he said. And when the owner said, hey, what are you doing? They say, oh, Jesus said to say this. Says, oh, the master has need of it. Oh, praise God. There it is. That's yours. Take it away. You understand? He saw it in the spirit. He already knew what was going to happen. All he had to do was speak the word. If we just obey the word, everything happens exactly. Jesus told the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, so let it be unto you. And I can go on and on. I can spend the rest of this morning talking about the word of the Lord and how people, all they had to do was respond. Some of us are stubborn. And God has to knock you off the boat, uh, off the horse, hallelujah, and make you blind for three days and send a guy named Ananias to open up your eyes so you can remember where you came from. Some of us are hard-headed, knuckle-headed. We don't want to listen. We just want to kill Christians. We want to kill our brothers, kill our sisters, talk about them, trash them, smear their reputation, destroy them. Because this is the work of the Lord. God says, why are you persecuting me? Who is that? It's Jesus, the very one you're persecuting. When, you perse when you're talking about your brothers, you're talking about the Lord. When you're smearing the brethren, when you're talking about your pastor, you're smearing the name of the Lord. I got it. I know how to fix this. Bam, blindness. Three days, darkness. But don't worry, I'll send someone to, to heal you of that because I love you. He ended up writing two-thirds of the New Testament and died for the Lord. The very thing he was doing to the brethren. So why, saints of God, why would we hear these testimonies and doubt the word of the Lord? I'm going to tell you something, and this is not to toot my horn, so some of you might think I'm being full of pride here, but it's not that at all. I'm going to clarify in a moment what I'm about to say. I consider myself to be a man of great 
faith, not just little faith, great faith. I'm saying it. In humility, I'm saying it. Moses said of himself, Moses was the most humble man that ever lived on the face of the earth. That seems like a prideful, arrogant statement, but it was true. He was a humble man. He saw God. God hid his body so that they would not make him an idol and start praying to Moses. Why do I believe I'm a man of great faith? Not because I'm special, because I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. But the reason why I have great faith is because I'm always listening for God's next instruction. His next assignment. You do the next thing in obedience that God tells you to do. And you will always, always 100% be in the perfect will of God. Many of us, what's the will of God? What's my purpose? What's the will of God? Here, here it is. Real simple. Do the next thing that God tells you to do. And do it without complaining. And without questioning. And without backbiting. I can't believe Why can't he pick me somebody else? Just do it. And you'll always be in his perfect will. And like the centurion soldier, this is why I love this story. Because he had so many flaws like me. But he said to Jesus, all I need is to have you speak a word. If you speak the word in my situation, it's going to happen. I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need a visit. I don't need a phone call. I don't need 70 confirmations. I don't need you to put a smoke cloud in the sky that says, go. I don't need none of that. I don't need the pencil to fall off the chair and say, ooh, that's my sign. God spoke to me. Mm -mm. I just need to hear the word. And once I hear the word, I'm off to the races. You can't stop me. Beep, beep, get out of the way. I'm coming. But if I don't hear the word, guess what? I'm waiting on the word. Go. I'm out. And that's how we have to be. Our ear fine-tuned to the spirit realm. Waiting on God's word. Waiting on God's word. Then you move with zero fear. Zero delay. Just hear and obey. Why? Because if God said it, it removes all the obstacles. It, re it removes even my own effort. It removes me out of the equation. I don't have to do nothing. If he wants me to walk through the door and it costs $2 million to walk through the door, guess what? It's not my problem. I could have a nickel to my name, but guess what your pastor is going to do? I'm going to walk through the door. You know why? Because God said to do it. It's not up to me how the $2 million comes in. What's up to me is obedience. Okay. Faith and obedience, hand in hand. You will only receive what your faith level will allow you to receive. Right? If your faith is here and your obedience is here, God will release the power to get that which you need.
Let me give you an example. I love this example. If God says to you after church, I want you to get all the garbage that's in the building, put it in and put it in the dumpster and give Jesus a day off because he's tired. He needs to rest. I want you to sweep and mop and clean up the whole building and throw out all the trash. You say, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Reporting for duty, sir. And you go and you do it. God's going to release the strength. The, everything you're going to need to do the job and to finish it is going to be released according to the degree of your obedience, right? The power of God, this is a quote from Ed Cole, the power of God will be released in your life to the degree of your obedience and no more. So if your obedience is here, boom, power here, faith here, it's all hand in hand. And then after you're done, you're putting your bags in the trash. Then God says, now I have another assignment. Sir, yes, sir, reporting for duty. I want you to go to Garnet Regional and go to the morgue and open up every freezer in that hospital and raise every dead body you see in that morgue. Wait a minute, Lord. Did I, am I here? Satan! Get thee behind me. We start to question the word. And that's where the loss of power comes. That's where the lack of faith now comes. Because your faith level was only big enough to throw out the trash and sweep up the church. But when God tells you to do great things for God, how do you think Moses, he, he was talking to a bush. You know, think of it in scripture. All these, all these miraculous, mighty things, peculiar things, they're all weird things. They don't make sense. But why did it happen? Because God said it. And all these men did was just obey the word of the Lord. And many of you are praying for great things to happen in your life. God, why don't you use me like you used Elijah? God, why don't you use me like you used David? God, why? why? Because you can't follow instruction. Turn your neighbor and say, talk is cheap. We're going to a different level. God has taken us deeper. You must at this stage in your game, at this stage in your life, you've got to be able to hear from God. If you don't, you're going to die. The Lord sent me to tell you, if you don't hear me, you are going to die. You think it's easy to say that from this altar? We can't talk anymore about loving God and wanting to follow God and then act like the world. Lying to your pastor. Living like a, like a hood person. They're, you're dressing like Mr. T with all the chains in there. You know, people don't know that you're a servant of the Most High because you look just like the world. I'm not getting religious and legal. Stop manifesting. There's some of you right now saying, this guy's legalistic. Repent in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you now, whoever you are, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is telling you, quiet thyself and listen and live or ignore it and die. This is the time of the prophet. The hour of the prophet. 
I'm going to release it. The Lord said he's raising up seven prophets. Pastor Shadrach and I are two of them. He's raising up seven prophets in this house that are going to change the whole region. Seven prophets. Seven prophets. And those prophets are men. Men. But God is saying, enough! I want your whole heart. No more waffling. Here, here's what he's saying. Because a lot of us, we want to be friends with the world so that the world accepts us. So that the world buys our stuff. We want all the customers. We want all the customers. I, I want to make a name for myself. I want to be friends with the world. So we are not technically in the world, but here's what we do. Here's a fire of the world, a strange fire. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful, strange fire. So we're not of the world, but we, this is what we do. We come and go like this. If God is saying he doesn't want strange fire on his altar and you ain't up here on this altar, you ain't ministering here on this church because your pastor ain't scared of you. Because I guard this pulpit with fear and trembling. And you want to do your song, sing your song, dance your dance, you want to do your poetry, it ain't happening on my watch until you start reflecting what it looks like to be a disciple and follower of God. I said it and you don't have to like me. I'm okay. You want to delete me on Facebook? Boom, delete me today. Do it now. I won't be offended. God says, stop warming up to the world. I called you out of the world to be separated from the world. You are supposed to be an ambassador of heaven. I want to release my authority, my anointing upon you so you will speak a word and it will change the world. But you won't hear me because all you hear is yourself. You're too full of yourself to hear from me, says the Lord. Stop lying. Stop cheating. Stop stealing. How about this? Stop fornicating. Get married. Stop gossiping. Stop slandering and murmuring and acting like the world. He says judgment is coming. He told me to tell the church judgment is coming to the house. And this is what he said. If you don't hear my word, your lamp will be snuffed out. What does that mean, Pastor? I don't know. You hear it. You decide. Your lamp will be put out. That's what he told me to tell you. And in this word that we read, he said, but the sons of the kingdom, that means those who think they're in the kingdom. The sons of the kingdom. What kingdom is he talking about? The sons of the kingdom that think they're walking and marching. Sir, yes, sir. Reporting for duty, sir will be cast out into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Stop playing church. 
Don't play games with God. Be who God called you to be or go. Leave. That's the word of the Lord. John. I don't know how much time we have, but I'll tell you the truth. I'm only on page two. Hallelujah. Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. This is John 14, 23 through 24. He will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. But he who does not love me does not keep my word. And the word which you hear is not mine, but of the Father who sent me. James 1.22. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, it's about to get even more hard now than it is. You're going to have to really sit through this one. It's about to go. That was just whipped cream on top. That was with whipped cream and sprinkles. Now we're going into the cake. Are you ready for this? God help me, Lord. I need a drink. I'm on assignment, Sister Brenda. I'm going to fulfill the mission to completion in the name of Jesus. Many claim to have a great relationship with God. Many claim to be among his sheep. I'm doing his work. This is all for you, Jesus. Look at all that I'm doing. This work is all for you. But they don't recognize the voice of the shepherd. They can't hear the shepherd because they don't know him. They're too busy with their self, building up their own kingdom. Because they don't know him, they could never truly believe in him. And that's why they don't see fruit in their life. And sometimes a devil would throw you a bone to make you think that you're doing good things. He'll throw you a bone to deceive you in your own foolishness. He'll throw you a bone to make you think you got it all. Look at this. This must be that God is with us. Look at this bone that was thrown to me. No, the bone comes with attachments. We'll give you this money, but this is what we want you to preach. This is what we want you to say. This is how we want you to roll. And if not, we cut it off. That's the world for you. Nothing is free in life. Am I talking to somebody? Listen to this. John 10, 26. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep, as I said to you. Do you think that God is going to release a word, a life-changing word, to someone who cannot, won't, will not believe on him? You think God's going to release a vision or a plan of action on someone who's going to question every single thing that God is saying? Do you think that God's going to release a word to someone who says, okay, I hear your word, but I got to throw out a fleece? And if I wake up tomorrow and there's dew on it, I'll know it's you. 
And it comes out. Okay, let's see. Hallelujah. There's dew on the fleece. Well, now, you know what? I think I need more. Now, tomorrow, if there's no dew on it, then for sure I know it's you. Tomorrow, there's no, there's no dew on it. Hallelujah. There's no dew on the fleece. Now, tomorrow, if there's some orange juice on it, then I know for sure that's the, you, listen, listen. There are 70 confirmation Christians out there. I ain't one of them. Hallelujah. If that's, I'll tell you that, I hope he ain't talking about you. Praise God. Get it together. Praise God. That kind of faith is dead faith. Because while you're waiting on fleeces to have water or dew or dry, people are dying. People are dying and the world needs to be delivered. The world needs the word of the Lord and you are carrying the assignment and you're too busy waiting on confirmation after confirmation. Let's talk about the great faith of the soldier. Why great? Why not just, wow, this is really impressive. Wow. The Bible says Jesus marveled at his faith. He said, this is great faith. Why great? Because we know he didn't need a sign. He didn't need a set of instructions. He didn't need direct contact. Jesus didn't have to come and give him a home visit or call him on the cell phone. All he needed was the spoken word of God. Anything that comes from your mouth, Lord, is enough for me. I'll move. I'll do whatever you tell me. Here's another reason why this was a great faith moment in Scripture. Because this was a Roman citizen. And this miracle that took place was in front of the Gentiles and it was in front of the Jews. Why would Jesus do this in this moment? Because he wanted to break the race barrier. The Jews didn't want to have nothing to do with the Gentiles. And the Gentiles didn't want to have nothing to do with the Jews. Sounds like today, right? He broke the racial divide. Great faith can be found in the most unusual places. Why did Jesus marvel? Because Roman soldiers were trained killers. They were trained in the art of warfare, hand-to-hand -hand combat. They were trained to rule and to dominate and victimize everyone under them. They were supposed to have high value, high self-worth. They were to conquer and belittle the enemies of Rome and even mock those that were under their own authority. And this man, the Bible says, was of high-ranking authority. Numerous people were under his leadership. And he came to Jesus, a Jew. This is a Roman centurion who had numerous, probably a thousand men under him. And he comes to the Lord in humility and kneels down before the Lord and pleads his case to a Jew. It's a rare thing to find humility in those with positions of authority because they are too busy entertaining and exemplifying the pride that is in their heart. Pride is disgusting. It is the greatest of sin. Listen to this. Pride was found in Lucifer's heart. 
And it's funny, people with the greatest amounts of pride can see it easily in others, but not in themselves. Pride is a great barrier to God. It is a roadblock to great faith. And this is why the centurion humbled himself. And he recognized Jesus' authority, his purity, his holiness. He said, Lord, I'm not worthy. This is a soldier, a leader, a, a, a general, a soldier. I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. He humbled himself. Saints of God, faith and humility go hand in hand. Listen to these scriptures. Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given to me that everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Psalm 69, The humble shall see this and be glad. And you who seek God, your hearts shall live. Hallelujah. Micah 6, 8, He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Saints of God, if you get anything out of this message, learn that humility and faith and hearing God and obedience, they all walk hand in hand. It has to be part of our fabric. If there's any hint of pride, go before the cross and submit yourself unto the power of God. Humble yourself and release that to the Lord. Say, Lord, I don't want to walk this way anymore. I don't want to talk this way anymore. I need you. I, I have a barrier between you and me. I release it. I reject it. I renounce it. Many come to God the wrong way. They come to him in an advisory position. Well, Lord, I come to you this morning, and I just want you to know I need this. I need that. I need you to do this for me. I need you to heal my cousin. Papa is also sick, and Junebug needs a new car. I need you. We give God our wish list. I need this. I need that. I want this. In your name, I pray. Amen. Peace out. We bring him our wish list, but we're never caring or even involved in wondering what is his wish for you. Do you know that when you believe in God's word, it moves his heart. The Bible says, without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that earnestly seek him or diligently seek him. You see, God wants to give every single person in this church more. God wants to bless you with financial health. Yes. He wants to take care of you. He wants to make sure you have an abundant life, abundant health, abundant prosperity. He wants you to have a good life. Not so that you could live your best life now, so that you could be utilized for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Believing in God, it moves his heart. God wants to show himself strong, but there's a problem. And this is the problem. Many of us behave just like the Israelites did. Right. Pastor, you could speak to me, but I don't want to hear from God because if I hear from him, I'm going to die. That's what it sounds like oftentimes. Or they'll say, God, if you would have been here, Junebug would not have perished. Shame on us. Listen, listen closely. Deuteronomy 32.20, he says, And I will hide my face from them. 
I will see their end will be, or what their end will be. For they are a perverse generation, children in whom there is no faith. I knew it would be quiet at this time. And it's okay. Many of you, maybe in this room, and some of you tuning in right now at home, have already heard from God. You know, especially those of you at home, I'm saying this as humbly, as peacefully as I can. You know that you should be here in this building right now. You should be sitting in this room right now. God has already told you to move, but you won't move because of soul ties, because of fear, most importantly because of disobedience. And you make excuses. Well, I can't go right now. It's not the time. We don't have gas in the car. We don't have this. And the You'd rather stay where you are. Stay put. And many are belonging still to a church that has long been dead. Dead church. That's led by a dead pastor. With dead leaders. With dead ministries. Without vision. A dying church. And you and your children and your grandchildren are staying in a dead church. Because you would rather go down with the ship. You know the ship is sinking. Your eyes are open and you're hearing from God. But you won't move. God is saying, leave now. But you won't leave. You'd rather die. I was born in this church I was baptized in this church my cousin Papo got married in this church my kids were presented to the Lord in this church but your church is dead I'm gonna say it homosexuals on the pulpit in leadership positions teaching your kids I seen a video on social media a drag queen walked into the sanctuary and everybody got up clapping Let's welcome the new minister with a G-string, a dude. Disgusting. And the pastor had a rainbow jacket on. Listen, this is where we're headed. Not us, hallelujah, but this is the body of Christ. Jesus said there will be an apostasy in the end days. The church will go rogue. The people of God will stop listening to truth. They're going to find for themselves pastors that will tickle their ears and tell them uh, Mary Goose bedtime stories. And will make them feel warm and fuzzy. Every week going home feeling all goosebumps. Oh, pastor, he's so funny. <laughs> I love his jokes. Here's a joke for you. Repent or die. And then we wonder why things are not working out. But it's in the word, Revelations 3.1. Jesus said, I know your works. You have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. You're in a lukewarm church, a dead church, neither hot nor cold. Apostate. People that are going to church captive in their sin. How about this? 
husbands that are so terrified of their Jezebel wife that they stay stuck in a rut because they refuse to move out of fear of their wife. Following their woman right to the grave. Jezebel, Jezebel, I'm speaking to you out there in the name of Jesus. There is no place for you in this house. I'm telling you, Jezebel, I cast you out of anybody in this room. And I'm going to tell you this, because when I say Jezebel, they think it's just women. There are Jezebel men. I cast you out, spirit of Jezebel, out of this house in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you show your face in this room, if you show your face in this house, we're going to throw you off the porch and we're going to sick the dogs on you. And they're going to eat your flesh. Ahab, man up. There can be no Jezebel without an Ahab. The only reason why Jezebel comes into the scene is because of a weak, spineless, jellyfish man that doesn't know how to be a priest in his own house. And listen, we're raising men of God in this house. Men of the cross, mighty men of action. There ain't no room for Ahabs in this house. And if you are Ahab, we're going to love on you. We're going to take you under our wing. We ain't going to cast you out. But I'm going to tell you now, we're going to sharpen your lame, limpy sword. We're going to take away your butter knife, and we're going to retire it. And we're going to give you the sword of the Spirit. It's time for the men of God to rise up in the house of the living God. No more jellyfish. No more mediocrity. No more weak, spineless, gutless, prayerless men of God. I know I'm over my time limit. I'm, I know. But I'm on assignment. Then there are those who are asking God for healing and deliverance. I'm suffering, Pastor. I'm suffering with this. I'm suffering with that. I'm, I'm scared. I go to sleep scared. There, there's demons trying to rape me at night. I'm on sleep paralysis. I get night visits. There's stuff, stuff. But you won't go to the Word of God. You'll run to doctors. You'll run to psychologists. You'll take pills. You'll even go to Mama Cleo. You'll go to psychics like the witch of Agor when Saul was not able to hear from the word of the Lord. And he started going to the witch. Let's see what my horoscope says. You need deliverance. Repent. 
Why not place your trust in the unfailing, uncompromising, powerful, uh, uh, edifying word of God? Remembering that it is impossible to please him if you can't trust him. Psalm 138 verse 2. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name, your loving kindness, and your truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. God magnifies his word above his name. Because if his word is no good, his name is no good. If God said it, he will do it. Some of us have to learn the word of God and start praying the word back to God. Put the word to work for you. Remind the Lord, your word said. Trust in you with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge me and you will direct my path. Fear the Lord, shun evil, for I will make health for your body and nourishment to your bones. Well, you know, the doctor said I got this little bone thing. So, Lord, I take that according to your word. Your word says if I trust in you, you're going to heal. When are we going to put God's word to work for us? There are sheep and goats in the house of the living God. There are also wheat and tares that look absolutely identical. One is for health and one is for poison. The wheat and the tares, if you take the grains apart, you won't even be able to distinguish which ones are wheat and which ones are tares. But if you eat the tares, it will become poison in your body and you will die. And there are tares in every house planting little tares amongst themselves, little seeds of hate and poison and venom. Do you know the pastor? You know what he said? You know what I saw? You know what I saw? The pastor. You know the pastor. You know the pastor's wife? You know, you know the pastor's wife? You, you know, you know. Venom. Fork tongue. Demons in the house. Pastor Shadrach said it last week. You think nobody sees you. We see you. We just ain't going to say nothing. You think you truly think that things don't come back? You think that the Spirit of God doesn't talk to the pastor? Do you? Listen, this is mind-boggling to me. Do you think that I don't hear from God? You don't think that the Lord says, watch out for this one. Pray for this one. Don't go to this person's house. Don't let them in your house. Just keep them at a distance. Just pray for them. Keep loving them. I called you to love them. I'm watching them. I know. But I'm just, boom, just throwing that on you so you can see what I see. Thus saith the Lord. The centurion, being gentle, knew power and authority. Or being a Gentile, he knew power and authority. He accepted the power of God's spoken word. He understood that authority works. He was a man who had authority. Listen, if you understood the authority invested in thee, in the name of the living God, you would be a demon slayer this morning. 
you would be a devil stomper in the name of Jesus. You would be a fire-breathing, Holy Ghost-filled, hallelujah, revival-carrying, mountain-moving, tree-uprooting, devil-reproving, demon-slaying machine. Hallelujah. Because you would recognize who you are in the kingdom of God. You will have authority over all works of the enemy. And when you see your kids going, <coughs> I think I have COVID. <coughs> I think I have Omicron. <coughs> I think I have Delta Force. What was it? Delta what? Delta Force is military. I think I, I got, I got, uh, I got monkey pox. You say, honey, come here, honey. Get the oil. In the name of Jesus. I'm working it. Where are my shofar players? Hit me with one. There you go. Praise God. That's what you'll do. You'll blow the shofar over your kid's head. And say, Satan, he belongs to the Lord. That brother belongs to God. You ain't touching him. For this reason, many people in lifeless churches are weak and barren. Because they do not have confidence in God's word. They use entertainment and lights and lasers and smoke machines. They even paint the sanctuary black to appeal to the nature of people, believing that all that Broadway-style stuff is going to draw people in, and then we could deposit the seed of the Word. Listen, if you read the Word, you would know Jesus said, No one can come unto me. Unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. We don't need gimmicks. We don't need tricks. We don't need shows. We just need the word of God. Only speak a word. This is the very essence of spiritual success. Like Mary, when Gabriel came with the word of the Lord, what does she say? Be it unto me according to thy word all things are possible i'm coming to my first close we're not ready yet this is only my first close hallelujah but she's on notice hallelujah she'll be ready to go faith is like a hidden treasure in scripture treasure that's being hidden and it means that only god himself can reveal to us its location let me give you some scriptures i'm going to give these to you quickly as time is of the essence right now. Whoop, uh, let me go back one. Praise God. Job 28. Listen, it says, From where then does wisdom come, and where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. The hidden treasures of God are the mysteries that are revealed to those who believe in him, to those who wait on instruction, to those who come to him. Psalm 119, 162, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. 
Matthew 11, 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. John 6, 45. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. That means God is going to release the word. God is going to speak to you, and he's going to give you the word. All you got to do is hear it. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me, says the Lord. The fear of the Lord is also from God wisdom and understanding riches and honor health abundance of life it all comes from God Job 28 28 it says and to man he said behold the fear of the Lord that is wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding this is hallelujah where it goes praise God Psalm 119 11 your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you Isaiah 33 6 wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Praise God. We spoke about faith earlier. Faith cometh uh, by hearing, right? We all have enough faith to move mountains. Matthew 17, 20. It says, because of your unbelief, I assuredly say to you, if you have faith as mustard seed, you will tell this mountain to move from here and it will be moved and nothing will be impossible for you. I want you to say this word out loud so that the devil can hear it, all right? I want you to say this with conviction. I already have enough faith. People think I need more faith. I got faith for this. I got that. Listen, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could tell the mountain to throw itself in the sea and it will obey you. But the devil has us hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amok, right? We, we, we think we don't have enough, so we're praying all the time for more faith. But there's an answer for you today, praise God. Because even with that, faith will come by hearing God's word. Let me just say really quick what faith is for those that wonder. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So how does our faith become greater then? How do we build? How can we improve? How can we have that mountain moving, tree uprooting, devil reproving, demon removing, Holy Spirit approving, Dhamma Lama drink dong, losing life improving word? Here's how. Hearing the word of God. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That means when you're studying God's word and you're hearing God's word, you start to live God's word. You start to work his word. You start to do his word. When you're studying, you know what you need to do? You need to read the word out loud. Most of us read the word and go. The Bible says read the word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. As you're reading the word, your ears are hearing the word. It's building up your faith, your trust, your reliance. And now your spirit starts to burn within you. The word of God begins to burn like a roaring flame. And next thing you know, you want to go outside. You got to tell somebody. You're saying, I got to tell somebody about Jesus. I got to, I got to, I got to. Launched. Yes, that's uh -huh. Glory to God. 
Proverbs. If you seek for her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Here is my official closing. Jesus marveled at the faith of the centurion. And he said, he hasn't seen this great faith in all of Israel. I wonder if there's anybody in this church, in this room right now, those at home right now that haven't been so offended that you turned off the TV. I wonder if there's anyone where Jesus would look upon you and say, I am marveled at their level of faith in me. I wonder if he would marvel at your level of trust in him, especially knowing that without faith it's impossible to please him. Having great faith is to be renewed here first. To lean not on your own understanding, to fear God, to live and walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. To get back into the place where God has called you. To get back into spiritual authority and alignment. To always be on the lookout, waiting and watching and standing vigilant and sober, waiting for God's word. David is one of my most favorite, besides Christ, one of the first guys I want to meet in heaven and glory. But there's a little story in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. When David and his men were battle weary, they were walking without food and water for three days. They just defeated the enemy. And they come back to camp and find their wives and children taken captive by the enemy. And now David's men, they start to turn on him. How many of you have had your best BFF friend forever betray you and turn on you and start picking up rocks and want to throw the rocks at you because something went wrong in their life, but they got to blame somebody. They won't take responsibility. They got to blame you. So they pick up rocks. The Bible says David's men, as tired and weary, they began to turn on him and they plotted to stone him to death. And David said, wait one second. Before you throw that rock, let me go and inquire of the Lord. The Bible says David went to a solitary place. How many have a solitary place? Where's your meeting room with God? How many of you have a prayer closet? How many of you have a, a little hiding spot? A little tree you climb on, a little cave you go into, a, a little hole, a little park, a little beach. Where do you go to meet with God? David went to that place, the secret place, where only he and God are allowed. And he kazaked himself. That's a Hebrew word. That means encouraged himself in the Lord. Father, Dad, Abba, these men are about to kill me. Rightfully so. I want to pick up a rock and throw it at myself. My wife, my kids are gone. Their wives and kids are gone. We're battle-tested. We're weary. We're, we're hungry. They're hangry. There's no chicken here. There's nothing to eat. They want to stone me to death. What shall I do? He inquired of the Lord. 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And this is where it gets good. And if you get this, your life will never be the same again from this day forward. And the Lord answered him. God, do you know when you pray and you are expectant and you're praying, guess what? God answers. 
Why do people not get a word of the Lord? Because they don't inquire of the Lord. They don't go into the prayer closet and they never hear from God and they wonder, how come God always speaks to the pastor? Why does God always speak to this sister? Why does this person always hear from the Lord? And you know, Pastor Shadrach and Pastor Frankie, they always hear the same things. Why? You know why? Because the same Spirit of God is talking to those who are tuning in. Like a radar. Tuned in. The Lord, listen what the Lord said. It changed everything. He said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. That means none of your men are going to die. None of your wives are going to be killed. No women are going to be raped. Your kids are not going to be turned into slaves. Men of God, mighty men of action, mighty men of valor. I heard from the Lord. The Lord said to go into the enemy's camp, for we will surely not die. You will recover your wives. You will recover your sons and your daughters, and you shall be made whole. Who's with me? Who's with me? Who's with me? And one by one, they're standing to the feet. I, 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 who's with me, says the Lord. Who's listening to the voice of God? It's all right. Here's my third closing. If God says, pursue, what are we supposed to do? good you're not flunking sandbox if God says go what are we supposed to do if God says come what are we supposed to do if God says talita kumi little girl arise what does it mean arise if the Lord says thou art loosed then what does that mean if God says it it's done all you have to do is just obey the word of the Lord and in 1 Samuel 30, verse 18, it says, David recovered all that the Amalekites have carried away. And David rescued his two wives. No one was lost. None of the kids were lost. Everything was recovered, even the spoils of war, according to the word of God. Here's my fourth closing. It's a little one. I end with this. For those that wrestle against the word of God, when God speaks and you're too stubborn, hard-headed, and you can't move because you're still doubting, ask Pharaoh how that worked out for him. He heard the word of the Lord. He lost his kid. He saw the ten plagues in Egypt, and he decided to go and fight the people that God had delivered. Somebody say, spirit of dumb. There are still Egyptian carcasses in the Red Sea. There are still chariots of Egypt hidden in the sand in the Red Sea. There are still skeletons of horses in the Red Sea. When you mess with my God, you end up dead. D-E-A-D, dead. God has given me a set of instructions for this church. And in the next few weeks, I plan on doing some pretty weird and strange things. I might seem a bit crazy. 
I might seem a bit strange or a bit weird, but I want you all to know right now that I am okay. I am of sound mind. I am together in right mind. As many stories in scripture are all weird. God had Elijah, I think, or Ezekiel eating dung, and God had a lot of stuff, weird stuff in scripture. God told Samson not to cut his hair, right? Not to be next to dead things, not to, you know, drink wine, all that. So there are some weird things that God says, but do not panic. Do not be afraid. Just believe. That's what I'm asking. How many are believing with their pastor this morning? Listen, we have outgrown this building. We have outgrown, but God says, I can't give you what you want until you're able to believe in my word, until you're able to trust that what I say I will do, I will do. And if it means that half of the church doesn't come back next week, praise God. If it means I start again with 20 people, I'd rather have 20 people that believe than 175 people that are busy murmuring against each other and killing each other and slandering each other. God is raising up prophets in this house, but God is also raising up a remnant, ones that are set apart, ones that are not afraid to stand up to the world, ones that are not afraid to stand up at their job. Are you that person? One, two, three. Yeah. Hallelujah. Jesus answered and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. There's a song from the Imperials that I'm going to sing the chorus, and then I'm going to close. Jesus said it, I believe it, I believe it, because he said it, and I know, yes, I know, yes, I know he's going to see it through. Jesus said it, I believe it, I believe it, because he said it, and I know, yes, I know, yes, I know he's going to see it through. How many believe? If Jesus said it, it's done. It's a done deal. Hallelujah. Get ready for expansion. Get ready for change. Get ready for miracles. I believe. We believe. All we need is the word. God, speak the word. God bless you, saints of the Most High. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.